Good morning, y'all. Good to he- be here with y'all this morning. I, uh, I'm just blessed to be here with part of my family here back in the States. Because y'all have, have become family to us. Um, I want to thank y'all for sticking with us through the years. As, as y'all know that there's been some really hard years, some hard times down from where we were working uh, among the Mosquito people. Um, for those, if there's somebody here that doesn't know us, uh, uh, I'm Eli Lee, and this is my wife, Leah. We're the Lee family, missionaries to the Nicaragua Mosquito tribes. But uh, as many of you know, that there is, there was, there's been some really hard years, hard times of uh, a group of, of people there that uh, even though most everybody wanted us there. They like us. They they love us. We love them. There was uh, this group of people that uh, was in in power, so to speak, of the, of that tribal place. And their power, the, re- the reason they were in power was because of the the dark powers that they had and they used to control the people. And so, whenever we came in there with the power of God, there was there was all this war, if you will. Like Paul says, it's war, this, the, the, we battle not against flesh and blood. Even though we were faced face to face with, with evil men at times, we knew the battle was not between us and them. The battle was between um, those dark powers and, and the power of Christ that was living within us. And so as, as we walked through there and as God give us, gave us the power to stay there, he gave us the power to to overcome all those things that came against us. Um, as as many of you know, as as we've shared in in years past, how they tried to harm us in whatever way they could. They tried to to remove us from the place. They try they tried everything in their power because why was that? Because their reputation was on the line. Their position of being in power to to control and manipulate the people was on the line. And we didn't go there with intention to, to get those people out of power. But we, we went there as the Lord called us to, to go there to, to share with the people that Jesus Christ is more powerful than that. And whenever we did that, and, and again, it wasn't intentional on our part to get face to face with those guys. But in the spiritual, we were, yes, we were, we were going there for that. And God was so faithful in, in always protecting us. And as, as he always protected us, even though those guys were coming against us, it really caused them, their standing in a, of authority with the people, it, it, it brought that into question because they were always the most powerful force there. Even though the people there have a form of religion and they know that they've known the name of Jesus, They've what they've done is they've added the name of Jesus in with the rest of their religion, uh, whatever they believed, which included witchcraft and voodoo and all those things. And we know that the power of Jesus doesn't work that way. Jesus is a Lord that if he's your Lord, he's a jealous God. And he wants all our devotion, not just mixed in with all those other things. And so as as we stood there in the gap, so to speak, uh, between God and these and and these witches, um, God was always faithful, and He He always 
protected us. He always brought us through in all the schemes that came against us. He, he made a way for us to stay there. And as those people that, that were in power saw their, their reputation or their standing, their position of power being challenged, because and, and it wasn't like we were going out challenging them with it. They were coming and challenging us. Or they thought it was us. It really wasn't us. It was the power of Christ they were challenging. And they lost those battles time and again. The people were watching. They were seeing this. And as many of you know, we've been there 11 years now. And, and the first nine or nine and a half years were extremely difficult. But as, as we were there, it was a walking through those things so that the people would be able to see the power of God. Because they had never dared to do anything against what those guys wanted. Because as soon as somebody would come against them or not obey what they said, they would hurt them with their dark powers or, or physically, however they needed to, to stay in control. And so, as God continued to show the people His power, the younger generation that was there kept seeing that and hearing what we were saying. And so, about a year and a half ago, the first young couple got enough courage to stand up and declare Jesus Christ as their Lord. And it didn't come easy because they knew. Let me back up a little bit. The witches, after they couldn't hurt us, they still tried to control the people, still tried to stay in charge by telling the people, the only reason it does and those powers don't work on us is because our skin is white. We're Americans. And so the people believed, still believed that. But we kept telling them that it doesn't matter, the color of skin doesn't matter. And so this young couple finally got enough courage to believe that, you know, that if they would put their faith in Christ, that, that Christ would also protect them and not just us. And so they did. They stepped out in faith and they put their trust in Christ, believing that He would protect them from those powers. And as you can imagine, those witches and those guys in power brought everything against them that they had to prove, to, to topple them, to prove to all the rest of them that what they were saying is true, that it doesn't work for people with their color of skin. Well, as you can guess, God was faithful. He protected them. As much as they went through he always protected them. And so, once they, the, the rest of the people saw that, in this last year and a half, there's been a number of people that have come to, to put their faith in Christ because they've seen that there's more powerful thing to be had than those things that come against them all the time. So, one of the other aspects of our ministry is Whenever we come back to the, the States, we uh, um, have 
a ministry here as well. Uh, the, the Amish people, which we were originally from the Amish, um, got, God saved us from that. And so we've had a heart for the Amish ever since then. And we've been praying for them for 20 years that God would, would awaken something in there, would it make a way for them to understand the truth. Um, and people ask me all the time, well, so aren't the Amish saved? Well, I'm not going to say no, because there's probably some within that are. But as a whole, um, they have religion. Um, they, they also know the name of Jesus. They profess the name of Jesus. But they need to be born again. Um, we know that if 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 we don't if we're not born again by the Spirit of God, we can follow the rituals of the law and just have religion, and that's where the majority of the Amish are at. And so every year when we come back, we we uh, pray that God would give us opportunity to minister to the Amish, and He's been faithful in doing that. There's been um, several of them have been born again because God has opened the door for us to minister to them. And there's other ministers in, in the, here in the country, too, that have been ministering. There's two years ago, we went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is like one of the oldest communities in, of Amish in the, in the United States. Um, and there was a um, person there that pastored there that had been born again in the Amish and had been excommunicated like ourselves. And... He said there was some really good things going on there that he was very excited because, I mean, he had been born again and had been able to stay undercover for a while having Bible studies, secret Bible studies with the people. And, and so after they found out about him, they excommunicated him, but the seeds that, that were planted started growing. And, and so now two years ago, he told us there's, there's been about 200 families that have been born again. And that was really exciting. I mean, especially if you know anything about Amish. I mean, we're not talking 200 people or 400 people. I mean, those families are pretty big for the most part. And so that's a lot of people. And we were so excited. And and so a month ago or so, we were in, in Lancaster again. And I, I talked to him. We had some meetings there. And um, I asked this pastor about how it's going as far as how how many, if he has any idea how many have, have been born again now, because when they become born again, they, they don't immediately get in trouble with the church uh, because they, they go to these secret Bible studies and, and they, they learn from the Word of God what salvation is. And so they, they become born again, but then once they have the Spirit of God living within them, they can't be quiet. Uh, which is an awesome thing. And so they once they get found out, they get excommunicated. But so exactly how many there are, they don't know. But whenever I asked him that question this year, he said, I've lost track. He said, it's well over 2,000 families by now. And so that's just so awesome. I just praise my God for that. And and also in, in Holmes County, Ohio, almost the same thing is, happen, is happening there in a, kind of on a different scale because the, the, the communities have different rules, so it kind of comes about in a different way. But there's been literally thousands of families born again in, in Ohio as well. And so we're just excited about that. Um, 
the 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 people Amish people we don't look at them as as a tribal people very much. I mean they're part of our United States culture, even though they're not part of the culture. They have their own little culture within. Um, they they are very tribal. Their their way of thinking is very tribal. The I mean everything about them is is just like a tribe living within another society, in their own little society, and so. Whether we minister to the Amish or to the Mesquito, it seems like pretty much the same is true on both levels. But let me go ahead and show you the, the little video clip of, of what's going on. It's just a short little clip, but uh, it'll help you to, to see a little visual of what's going on there. That gives you just a little glimpse, visual glimpse of what, what goes on there. Those precious people there that God has called us to minister to. And I, I want to take also this time to, to thank you all for, for, for making it possible for us to be there. Because you all, if you hadn't been on our team, uh, things would have been a whole lot more difficult for us. Because I know that, that y'all are a praying people. You pray for us, and, and y'all support us financially also, make it possible for us to continue to stay there. And I know that our reports over the years have not been like what most people want to hear. We haven't been able to come back and say, there's been 20 people saved, there's been 15 people saved, and stuff like that. We haven't been able to do, and, and um, quite frankly... Many people and even some churches have have uh, supported us for a while and then left us uh, there because people want results. Uh, I understand. I want results too. But y'all have stuck with us in this mission where God has called us, where it was so difficult um, that all those years we weren't able to come back and report numbers like that. You still stuck with us. So thank y'all. I want to... I just, it's, it's precious to me because it shows me your heart also that, that you, you are following what the Lord's leading is in all that. And for today, as, as we um, look at some of those things in, in, the, in the light of, of the Mosquito culture, um, what those people, when they, when they decide to follow Jesus what that means in their life. I mean, it, it's that decision can't be made easily. It's not something that, that somebody is just going to one day decide, okay, well, I, I'll follow Jesus. I mean, they have to weigh it out. Is it worth it? Family coming against them. Everything they know, the culture even. There's, there's aspects of the culture that, that are so ungodly. It's like it's, they, they have to even deny some of the, the culture that they grew up in. And almost the same kind of thing is true with, with the Amish, our Amish friends that, that become born again. Um, they too will never make that decision lightly because being separated from your family and your church and everybody you know and shunned, not being able to go back um, is not a, a small thing. And so people, when they, be, they, they have to weigh these things out before becoming born again, before they decide to giving it all. And so 
This is something we teach them is, is like the people in, in Nicaragua, the Mesquito people, is what we taught them all this, this time is when you believe in Jesus and you want his protection, you have to believe it with, with your whole heart, everything that's in you. You have to surrender yourself to him to be born again and receive that spirit of God that has the power of God to overcome those things. If you don't, if you just make a profession of faith, without surrendering and being born again, those powers can still overtake you. And so the people have taken that serious and, and God has, has been faithful in that. But I think sometimes here in, in our American culture, I think we, 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 it's so easy to become a Christian. We just, we, we go to church, we, we, we go to Sunday school, we go... We grow up as children knowing these things. And just one day we decide, okay, I'll become a Christian. I'm not saying that's the, across the board, but it's, that, that it's easy to do that is what I'm saying. Even without fully realizing what surrender really is. Surrendering to Christ. That's why we call Him Lord is because we've surrendered to Him to be obedient to Him. And so, I think that's why sometimes we see in our American culture where, where there's people that, a lot of people become Christians. But after a while, you don't see them anymore. It's because it's so easy. They get the head, you can get the head knowledge. See, to, be, to, to become a Christian, we have, we have, a mind and we have a heart. We can believe these things to be true with our mind. And we can even say it with our, mind, with our mouth because we believe it to be true. But if our heart's not willing to surrender, there's no new birth. See, James, in James it says that, that about believing and, and not having work. He called it works. There's, if there's no works accompanied with our believing, for example, I mean, what he's wanting to say is if, 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 if you believe, but there's no fruit of that, he said it's dead. He said even the devil believes that. Do you hear that? Even the devil believes that Jesus is the Son of God. He believes it that He died. He saw it. He knows it to be true. So there's more than needs to happen than a believing in our mind. Our heart has to be willing. That's to believe. Like in English, we have one word, believe. But when you really look into it, there's a believing of the mind and then there's a believing of the heart. When the heart believes it to be, not only to be true, but believes what he says, and we're willing to surrender everything we have to Him, that's when the power of God enters our life. And we have victory in life. <clears throat> but I think sometimes in, in this, this American culture, also we get so busy with things that we, we become a Christian and, and then we become born again, but then we, we're so busy with life that we, that we sometimes we... Our life is just like we go to work, we come home, we go to work, we come home. We, and what about what Christ called us to do? 
He said, go make disciples. And sometimes we can get so caught up in our daily life that we, that we miss that. We, we don't think about that. We don't necessarily read the Bible every morning to, to, to be filled with that fresh anointing of God. And so what happens a lot of times is we end up taking Jesus and putting him over here as the co-pilot. And we take the position of the pilot. We, we know what we want to do. We, we, we got this figured out, what, what we want to do. And we, we're about doing that, whatever it is that, that we have decided to do. And it may even be a good thing. It may be good things. But we've kind of taken it, control of it, if you will, as, as we have this human nature that still wants control, even though we've surrendered that to Christ and been born again, that, that control still wants to rise up. And if we allow it to, it'll, it'll put itself in a position again of, of the pilot of our life. And then we have Jesus sitting over here as a co-pilot just in case we get ourselves in trouble and we call on Him, hey, help me out of this situation. But that's not really what having Jesus as Lord means. When Jesus, when we have Jesus in our life as Lord, that means that we, we're willing to bow under Him. Allow, allow Him to be our Lord. Allow Him to give us orders to do what He wants. And once we're born again Christians, we're in the family of God, we're about, we're to be about doing His business, not ours. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to work, that we shouldn't do all, I'm not saying that. But what I want to say is, who owns your day? Do you own your day? Do you own your time? Or does it belong to Jesus? Because, I mean, even though it seems like it's the same thing, since we're Christians, of course it's all God's. But I think sometimes we, we forget that it's actually His, and we need to be about His business. I'd like to share a little testimony of, in my life, in my experience of, of living in this American culture. See, I was raised in a different culture. I was raised in the Amish culture where, where we were separated from all this. And then I was born again and got excommunicated, thrown out into this big American culture that I didn't know, even know how to, how to cope with. But I learned how to cope with it. I mean, so-so. Um, I don't know that I'll ever quite learn how to cope with it. But so I was, I was we had a construction business and, and we built homes. We built custom homes. And, and yes, I had, I had given God that, that business and, and it was His. But then as, as time went on and, and we got busy and we were building homes and it's just a lot of busy going on. And there was this one home that we were building and, and we had a contract on it and, and, and the, the contract had a, had a date when it was supposed to be done. And we were getting kind of tight in our schedule and we were really pushing it, trying to get this done on time because the the customer, the homeowner, was wanting to move in into the home two days after it was done. So we had to get done, and we were really pushing this thing. We, were, we, we didn't have any time to slack off, so we were working late. We were starting early, getting all this thing done, and it was starting to wear on me. 
I was just starting to get stressed out because the day was arriving and the things just needed to get done. And, and as I prayed in the mornings and just asked God to help, God revealed something to me. He, he, he revealed to me that I was taking control. I was asking Him to help me. Is there something wrong with, with asking Jesus to help you? No, of course not. He's willing to help us when we're about His business. But I had made this thing mine, and I was in control, and I was trying to make this happen because it had to happen. And, and so, but when He revealed that to me, I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to be in control. I want to be about your business. So I prayed that morning and I said, Lord, I give you this day. This day is yours. I am yours. Use me today to whatever you desire to use me in. And I went to work. And I, I, we were working there and, this, and, and I started doing that every day as I, I knew that was what I needed to do is to give, give my day and myself to God. And so go to work and, and uh, we were just running really tight on the schedule, but we were just going to get done if everything worked right. And then we get to work and, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but something happened that caused a delay that was going to be about a two-day delay two or three days. I didn't know what to do. Our, our contract was, was there. If we didn't finish it, I mean, it was going to mess up the homeowner. It's going to get a fine. It's going to, all these things. And so I was really just stressed out. And as I prayed, the Holy Spirit reminded me of that, that this day was His. And so I, I, I looked at the situation, I got my guys to work, I jumped in the truck and I ran to the, the, the store to get what I needed to get that thing fixed, whatever it was. And, and as I went in, I paid, I went to the back to pick up the stuff and, and I was putting it in the truck and the guy that was helping me put it in the truck, I made a little small conversation with him and I just asked him, well, how are you doing today? And it was one of those times when you ask that, they actually told you how they're doing. And he was not doing well. It was a pastor. And everything in his life had gone totally bad. Um, ser serious trouble. As with his wife leaving him and just, I mean, his, his whole world was wrecked. And he was, he was broken. He didn't know what to do. And as I finished loading my stuff in the truck, I, I, I knew what the work situation was and what the deadline was, and I just wanted to say, okay, well, we'll see you, and, and just take off. But the Holy Spirit told me, listen to the man. So I sat down, and I, I listened to him. I didn't say a whole lot because there wasn't a lot I could say to to. to help him, to encourage him other than the Lord's faithful. Because um, his situation was really bad. But I, I sat there and I listened to him. And after about a half hour or so, I, I, uh, 
um, left. I, I prayed over him and I, and I left. Going back to work, knowing that now I've lost another half an hour. That's just going to add to the end of my work schedule. But I knew I had done the right thing. I knew that the Holy Spirit had told me to stay there and talk to Him. And I had, and I knew that was right, although I didn't have any idea how this was going to end out. Because the contract date was still there, the work was still to be done. But I had peace because I knew I did what God wanted, even though I didn't have a clue how it was going to end out. And I just prayed and, and told God, I said, I, I don't know how this is going to end out, but thank you for using me today for your glory. So I go back to work and, and we get work in there and, and that afternoon the phone rings and it was the homeowner. He said, uh, this and this happened and we won't be able to move in after all until about two weeks, so just take your time. Don't be rushed about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my God. When we're surrendered to Him and it's His project and His time and we're working on His schedule, things work out. They don't always work out the way we think it should. They don't always, we can't necessarily, I mean, our plan doesn't necessarily work out, but His plan does. When we're surrendered to Him and we give our day and our time to Him every morning, it ends out the way He wants it to end out. And if, if we're in tune with Him, we have that peace knowing that it's His. And, the, and I think that, that for myself, from that day forward, I make, a, I make this conscious effort to every morning give myself and my day to God. And ask him to use me and my day for his glory. And it's made a, a world of difference in my life. Because I don't want to be in control. Yes, the flesh in me does. But I know that if my flesh is in control, it's not according to God's will. And I can make a mess in a heartbeat. I don't know if I'm the only one or not. <laughs> But if, I'm, if, if it's God's day and His time, regardless what happens, we're at peace. We can be at peace. Even if it's different from what we think. Even if this life and our, and our plans of what we think doesn't work out the way we think, it's okay. Because we have that peace that surpasses all understanding. But if we find ourselves anxious, we're striving to make things happen, getting angry because things don't work out the way we thought, we probably should stop and step back a half a step and just realize are we in control? Or is Christ in control? Because if we're in control, we'll be anxious. Because we can't control everything. Whether we want to or not, we can't control everything. 
But when we trust God, we can be into peace, in, at peace with whatever happens. It's like this, this little story about, about um, a little boy that was going with his parents somewhere. And the dad was driving, the little boy was in the back seat. And the, the dad lost control of somehow he, he messed up and, and he ran off the road and, and, the, and the truck ran into the ditch and up the other side and almost flipped over and came back into the ditch back up on the road and landed on the road and, and they were going down the highway still. And the little boy says, that was cool, Daddy. Do it again. But you know why? He trusted his daddy. He trusted that his daddy was in control and that everything would be okay. If we trust God like that, it may be a roller coaster ride. But it's okay. You know God has our good in mind. There's a scripture that says that actually. All things work together for the good of those who love God. When we are in His will, we're surrendered to Him. Life doesn't have to get us down. If life is getting us down, Maybe we should take a look at ourselves. I'm going to close with that, and I'm going to give it to Pastor Jake. And thank you all for having us. I'm going to ask that you'd stand. And as Jamie and Janice come, I'm going to ask that you'd bow your heads today. I'm going to ask that as we have this time of invitation, we do two things. The first is to pray for the Lee family. We are so thankful that they have stayed the course, that they have labored in seasons that seemed to be very difficult, when the harvest was very slim. And we're praying that not only we have celebrated this report, but the next time we see them, their testimony will be, it's not some couples, it is hundreds of couples, thousands of couples. Towns, villages, other tribes are coming to know Jesus because of God's faithfulness. Second thing I ask for you to do today is to think about your own life. Are you in control or is he in control? Today, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, know that that's the first step. Saying, Lord, I surrender all. I'm going to give you my heart, my life. Lord, I am yours to be used for your glory. Maybe it's today your marriage. Maybe you have been doing it your way and things are not the way they should be. Maybe you're struggling as a parent. Maybe you're just struggling with what God has in store for you next. And today what it should start with is, Lord, here I am. Use me. Maybe you're here today and you just want to thank God because He's taken you through so many difficult times and He's always been faithful. If you have nothing else to pray for, Christians, we should be able to pray that God has been faithful to us.
And so as Jamie begins to sing and Janice begins to play, these altars are open for you to come and pray for the Lee family, to pray for your own situation, or whatever God lays on your heart. Brother Jamie. Can you honestly say today that he's in charge? That he's in control? head bowed and every eye closed we're not going to linger long but this morning can you honestly say that I just didn't say a prayer I didn't just go through the motions but I know the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life I know that the only thing I am hoping on and trusting on to be right with the Father is what Jesus has done for me how He died for me, how He arose. And now I have put all of my trust in Him. Because if you can't this morning, I'd love to talk to you. I'll be around this afternoon. I'd love to pray with you any way that I can to show you what the Word of God says about the faithfulness of the Lord. Again, we're so thankful that you are here today with us. We're so thankful to have the Lees with us today. And... um, Tonight, I want to encourage you to come back. I believe you will be extremely blessed to hear Brother Richard McCormick. Uh, Brother Richard has pastored and been in ministry longer than most of us have been alive. And there is such wisdom and passion there for the Lord. I believe you will be extremely, extremely blessed. And so, I want to close the service today. Uh, I'm going to ask Eli and his wife to come. And I'm going to ask church that we would come around them. We would lay hands on them and just continue to pray for God's protection. If you've never heard how they've tried to drag him to court, how they've tried to harm him and his family, uh, God has just been with them. And so church, uh, deacons, uh, church family, if you'd like to come around them, we're going to lay hands on them and pray for the Lord to bless them, to, to use them, and to just continue to bring up churches and families to partner with him, and that's how we'll close today. So, church family, if you believe in the power of prayer and the Bible says to lay hands on people, we invite you to come. And uh, as you come, I'm going to ask Jamie if he would pray specifically for the lead Dear Heavenly Father, again, I come to you today, Lord, and um, just thankful for this Lee family that chose to follow your will and your way. And Lord, just protect them, give them the words that they need to to be spoken, be with their be with their family each and every day. And Lord, we're thankful that you're allowing them to to reach the mosquito people. And Lord, just continue to to be with them and uh, just give them the words each and every day, Lord. And uh, Uh, Again, I just ask for your protection and your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.